Promo Kitchen was, and really still is, it's like a symphony. And if you think about symphony, one of the things that makes a symphony great is that the person in the first chair knows that they have to do everything in their power to keep the second and the third chair right where they are. And so it's that creative collaboration with a mix of competition that I think drove a lot of, like Bobby said, right? Just that little bit of renegade, like I want to show that I have something to offer that makes this music sound even better. Revolutionaries, renegades, dreamers, misfits. Welcome to the Promo Kitchen OG podcast series. My name is Jay Bussell, and as a current chef, I have the extraordinarily good fortune to visit with the pioneers of Promo Kitchen. This is the series where we get to go back in time and revisit the stories of these brave and somewhat geeky trailblazers who were searching for a new path forward. If you're curious and want to know who was at the table, why they started Promo Kitchen, and what recipes they brought with them, this is the podcast for you. I'm excited to share my hosting duties today with Chef Danny Rosen, and we're about to have a conversation with our friend, Roger Burnett. How my career spans the evolution of Promo Kitchen, they're so inextricably tied, and I am about to blow your guys' mind with the level and the depth of what I'm talking about. Yeah, that energy there, Roger, is exactly what I hoped would transpire. And the thing is, let me just restate, for those of you at home who may be listening to this, the purpose, reconnecting with those guiding values, reconnecting with those stories, reconnecting with some of those original thoughts and processes and purposes. That's why I wanted to do this. And to have you both on here is not only just fun, let's be honest, it's fun. You guys are two of my favorite goofballs that somehow know how to turn it to the serious, where I have seemingly not been able to master that art yet. So I look to you as the mini mentors, unofficial mentors. I am attracted to your styles because of what you say, how you do what you do, the accomplishments that you've had. And Roger, whether you think it's been a string of ups and downs and roller coasters, like you said, or a continuous line going straight up, None of us have that. It's always bumpy. It's always a roller coaster. So to start off, just a big thanks on your time today and your perspectives. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. I cannot wait every time you drop a new one of these because there's so much richness that's occurred across the chefs that have been around for this length of time. And, you know, we all still care so much about the organization past president's section or whatever you want to call us, like we're the cheering squad in many ways. It's fun to lend our perspective because we get to see what happened and then kind of posit what the future might be. And I think we're all excited for the future for sure. For sure. Well, let's start there. In order to better understand that future, I think that this series specifically, going back and capturing some of the past is going to help us. And I'd love to know, Roger, because I don't know the answer to these questions, which is why I'm genuinely asking. In each of the series, who actually asked you to get on the bus? Who was it? Was there a person? Was it a committee? Who asked you to be part of the tribe, Roger? It's always someone. And it's interesting how these collisions, like we like to call them, often occur when people are in transition. So 
as is the common refrain that listeners will continue to hear. It was Mr. Charlie Johnson, who at that point was exiting the industry and leaving to go become the director of the Pay It Forward Foundation, Mm -hmm. who sent an email to a group of us that basically said, the only person who knows all of you is me. And as I leave, my gift to all of you is an introduction. And if you were wise, I think you all would be smart to get together and think about how you might use your collective energy to change the industry for the better. And there were pockets of people within that group. Bobby and Mark had talked about, you know, they'd already created a pretty strong friendship at that point. You know, there were pockets of this that were starting to come together and coalesce. But Charlie really was the thread that wove that whole thing together, which then led to a larger group getting together and asking ourselves the question, you know, how might we rise to the challenge that we were presented in a way that would be meaningful? And lo and behold, look what happened. Right. Ten years later, here we are on another podcast featuring the OGs of Promo Kitchen. And for those of you listening who don't already know this, I have a co-host and I failed to introduce him. (laughs) And his name is Danny Rosen. He has already had his time on the mic. But we knew that it would add value and to help fill in some of the gaps. So, Danny, how the hell are you doing today, my friend? Yeah, the hell in me is doing really well. I was just thinking about this, Jay. Like, you and Roger together, you are just these two people that I've known now combined for millions of years, it feels like. I feel like you're my brothers and just good, good people, man. It's just you always make me feel good and you make me smile and you make me want to do more and better work and together. And it's kind of the spirit of Promo Kitchen that Roger was just talking about. And, and so I am talking to you and being here is an honor. And I hope we get to talk about Roger and my relationship that was birthed out of Promo Kitchen at some point, because that has been one of the greatest professional and personal joys of my life. So thank you, for introducing me, Jay. I was wondering if I get a word in at some point. (laughs) (laughs) You will. And we can't wait to hear that story of the birthing. I mean, that might give us a serious setback, but I'm up for it. I got my seatbelt on. I'm ready to rock and roll. And the two of you together is exponentially better. So let's take it back to Roger since he's our special guest today. And thinking through this, Roger, some of the questions that I've asked some of the other guests, I want to ask you because again, we're trying to figure out what have we accomplished and your thoughts, your feelings, and your perspective? So if you take us back to some of those beginning days and we think about everyone was probably just kind of making it up as they went along, you had a little structure, but from what I've already gained and, and from past interviews, not much. So if that's true, Roger, what were your roles in the beginning? What was it that you were doing? Well, the timing of this for me personally was kismet really was. I'd been sort of unceremoniously shown the door to what was my original job in the industry by that employer after almost a four-year run. And I grew up in the office equipment industry and I was a trained killer professional salesperson. I mean, that was Literally, I almost feel like I went to boot camp when I was really young. I got taught how to do a certain job and I won those wars and fought those battles. 
and it wasn't necessarily promotional products. You know, for me, it was more whatever product line it was that we were selling. I was going to try to be a winner at it. And I was really good at teaching other salespeople how to be successful selling new things. So when I got into promo, I was really excited because the amount of opportunity in what you can sell in promotional products is so much more limitless than just the 15 or 20 copy machines that I could sell back in the day. So it started to unleash my creativity, but I was working in an environment where we were not selling creativity. We were selling efficiency and economies of scale and supply chain consolidation, you know, heartless, soulless, (laughs) nothing really interesting. But because of my upbringing, it didn't matter what it was we were trying to win. It was the win that I was seeking. You were chasing for the victory rather than, you know, what we've accomplished. It didn't matter what the RFP said we were trying to win. I was going to win it. Gotcha. I had people on the team that had product expertise that could do the work. But the one thing I came to realize in that stretch, working in the promotional marketing industry, is that will only take you so far. Right. Once you get to the point where you've got to really show that you know this supply chain, that became a weakness for me. And so I was desperate to want to show that I was capable of doing that. So I went off for a while and went back to the drawing board, started my own distributorship. I was really super small. I was just trying to learn the game so that I could bring that part of it back. And lo and behold, the company that had let me go rehired me almost to the day to when Promo Kitchen was being created. Wow. And so this was my opportunity to leverage the fact that I had a really big job at a really big company. We were number 13 in the industry at the time. And I had gone off to the laboratory and learned how to do the rest of the stuff that I didn't know how to do when I first had the job. So now I felt like I had the chops. And so when Charlie sent out that original email to everybody, I literally felt like, oh my God, this is my chance. This is the shot. And from my time as a regional association volunteer, where there's a lot of overlap in these communities because it's essentially based in volunteerism, no matter which slice of it you take, what I recognized was this was my chance to start surrounding myself with the people who were doing things the way I really wanted to do them. And so whether it was going to be at Workflow One, which it turned out not to be, or somewhere else. I think I had found my tribe at that moment. And so for me at that time, it was, I'm bringing the perspective of a regional association volunteer and all of the ways that I was able to use that to flatten the curve of learning that I needed in order to be a really good enterprise level salesperson in the promotional marketing industry. So I was so untethered. So If you look back at the early podcasts that Mark and Bobby were doing, I think I was a guest on like three of the first 20. Mm -hmm. Because you are a rock star. (laughs) But I guess, Jay, what I would say is I was still trying to prove to everyone that I belonged. No, no, no. I totally understand that. Forgive me for cutting in. But two things that you said already that just really popped for me. One, you said you felt like you had found your tribe. Yeah. Let's park that for a minute because you did, obviously. But the skill sets that you brought, Roger, the sales chops that you had are rarely found in our community. Most people who get started as a promotional product consultant, distributor, counselor, sales rep, swag artist, whatever terminology we're using today, they fell into the industry 
and had very little, if any, real sales training. And so that's why I think I can say comfortably, and Danny, you can back me up on this. Roger, you had sales chops. You had something that few have when they arrive on the scene in our promo world. Yeah, I'd agree a thousand percent. I think you're probably underselling. It's not the right word. (laughs) Ice pun. Yeah, but I do think many who fall into this industry to tie it into Promo Kitchen a little bit, I think they're craving education and connection. And Promo Kitchen has become a community where people feel comfortable and welcomed. And with the mentorship program that, Roger, you had so much influence over in the early years to really get it going, you know, they're craving that knowledge you had when you came into the industry, the deep, well-versed education. And I got to do it, man. I got to give a shout out to T. Hamilton. I don't want to get choked up here because I will, but It'd be like, again, as many say, tone deaf to not mention her. I mean, I consider her someone like you, Roger, in a lot of ways. You came in with sales chops, really an understanding of defining customers and business development skills and pipeline management, terms that most don't hear. T, you know, she was an outlier, a creative outlier, a renegade, someone who's pushing brand and consistency and beautiful design and architecting the Promo Kitchen brand in ways that none of us understood in those earlier years. Some of us did, but it's crazy not to thank you, Roger, for the work that you brought to Promo Kitchen as a founding father, and and certainly just to give a quick shout out to T similarly for the work that she did. The thing that, that kept coming back to me is Promo Kitchen was, and really still is, it's like a symphony. And if you think about symphony, one of the things that makes a symphony great is that the person in the first chair knows that they have to do everything in their power to keep the second and the third chair right where they are. And so it's that creative collaboration with a mix of competition that I think drove a lot of, like Bobby said, right? Just that little bit of renegade, like I want to show that I have something to offer that makes this music sound even better. And Danny, you've heard me say this a million times. The thing that I love the most is the opportunity to be seen as a musician that wants to go play music with other musicians and make great music. And what Promo Kitchen offered was a welcoming community of fellow artists, regardless of the way that you approached the way you did what you did and the skills that you were bringing to the table. Mark talked about it in his segment. You know, it was almost like improv where it was yes and like you bring all of what you have absolutely because that's going to be fantastic and then what more do you want to do within this symphony to put your own stamp on it and that was where when the opportunity for me to get the chance to have the reins of the mentorship program was presented I leapt at that because I'm really driven by people telling me their secrets I guess is the best way to put it in, in a in a weird kind of way so That's perfect. So what I wanted to do in the very early stages of what I inherited was to make sure that everyone who applied to the program felt cared for. Let me pause you right there, because first of all, I was about to ask you, were you nervous and did you feel a little insecure? So done and done, no and no. (laughs) Obviously, this is Roger. (laughs) You jumped at the opportunity to take part in really a revitalization early on of the mentor program, the mentorship. So What could you share there, Roger? How did that transpire? Was it the first year, second year? It was early on, right? 13, starting of 14 is kind of when I was involved in 13. Then I kind of took the reins over in 14. And then 
I held them until Nate and Russ came along. Okay. And you know what we were really trying to do at that point, Jay, which is hilarious that this was my responsibility of all people, but we needed structure. And I needed to be able to create a way for the throughput to work in a way that didn't frustrate anyone because we were just trying to get our arms around it in the early days of it. And so the way I decided to approach that was I would literally have person-to-person interviews with everybody who applied, whether they were a mentor or a mentee. Wow. Okay. Johanna Gottlieb, who was the episode three of the So You're in Sales podcast in 17, was because she and I were working on the mentorship program together. She and Marshall got paired in the mentorship program. And now we know what the two of them are doing for Promo Kitchen. So when you look at what happened in the mentorship program, and if you want evidence of it, anyone go to my LinkedIn profile and look at the recommendations. We were able to make really strong personal connections with people in a meaningful kind of way that has resonated. And what I'm most excited about, Jay, is I look at the current lineup of Promo Kitchen Chefs, and I see how many of them were born out of the mentorship program. And it just makes me enormously proud. As you should be. So well done, my friend. Well, and then to watch now under Russell's kind of, you know, leading this up now with how we're starting to bring technology and scale into the program. Everyone has set up until this point. It's so awesome to watch how it's gotten even better than we were doing it way back in the day. I don't want this to get lost because I think it's a really good takeaway for those listeners in the community. When Roger says that he goes out and does these one-on-ones, these sort of, I'll call them deep dives appropriate to Promo Kitchen with individuals. One thing I have just noticed about you, Roger, in your life, but professionally, as well as your, your service to the industry, a lot of people will blind copy, mass copy, you know, send out things to reach out to many. You have been someone who really nurtures the few, the one, the development of relationships, the nurturing of those relationships over time. I can look back and really, as you talk about that, remember these conversations that you were starting to get in depth with individuals, in particular for the mentor program. It really is what shaped it. I think if we had approached it differently in a mass context, I don't think it would have have worked. And just as a sidebar, PPAI, and I believe ASI might have as well, have all tried mentor programs before, and they just didn't work. And it's hard. It's really a hard lift. So a shout out to Promo Kitchen and this mentorship program that's existed as long as it has. And a big shout out to you, Roger, for being an early person pushing that thing with Matt Kaspari and Russ Mogel and everybody else who's been involved to get it to where it is today. Danny, thank you. It sounds like rather than Roger trying to pick up this giant sledgehammer and break something, you were just trying to define it and get it to launch. Would that be fair to say? It was such a baby and it needed all of the care we could give it. And I had just enough time to devote to it. So it was a really good match. Well, I can only imagine the one-to-one relationships that you built. And the testimony, like you said, is visit your LinkedIn profile and look at all of the connections that you have fostered and kept and have been endorsed. And that, like you said, the legacy is these are people now that have grown and are taking on more responsibility within Promo Kitchen. So it is a tribute to you in that way. And I know from the outsider looking in, when I was trying to piece together, what the hell is Promo Kitchen doing anyway? What is this group? 
you know, you guys did things differently. So it was immediately obvious to some, but it was also the manner in which you did it that was attractive. Like you weren't trying to be ASI or PPAI. You were trying to work within the framework of here's where we are. Now let's go make it better. And without a plan, without the architecture blueprint, you know? So that's a super cool point. And every time I think of you guys and gals, those pioneers, those trailblazers in the beginning, I think of that thought that it probably worked better not having the blueprint. What do you think about that? Hey, real quick. How about the alliteration? Renegade Roger might just be fitting right now. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. We'll keep that in. I think that that plays. Well done. Sure. Well, Danny, thank you for guiding that and adding that. That's exactly why I was so excited to have you as the co-host sitting in the <laughs> sidecar here was because you have that reference point that I don't. So Renegade Roger, double R. I see a branding tool coming out here soon for all of us. You have been someone who has obviously had an imprint on this organization at an early stage and still remain involved. I was asked the question by Jay, you know, when did I feel like this thing that we were building called Promo Kitchen was working? And he asked, you know, when I thought, was there a time when I thought we were really making a difference? And I know Charity and I both responded with the long lines in Vegas for the big event that we had, which of course had free alcohol, which made the long lines. But my other answer, I think, Jay, if I remember, was the mentorship program. It was. Yeah. So that's when I started to go, huh, this something's going on. It's going right. So again, shout out to you and those that invest in that. What about you, man? When did you feel like you're like, God, this is really working. We're doing it here. When was that for you? It's almost not fair to keep going back to the same thing because there's nothing like inviting the world to your house, not asking for any RSVPs, and then standing in the living room 15 minutes before the party's supposed to start. Pretty sure no one's coming. And we didn't have that problem. (laughs) (laughs) And the opposite problem. So let's stay with that. Okay. But here's where I think it was different. And I'll forget the year, Jay. I'm sure we can come up with this afterwards and figure it out. But Dana Zezo and I decided one year that we were going to go do interviews in the line while everyone was waiting to get in. And it was totally sort of spur of the moment, you know, low resolution phone camera video sort of thing. Dana being Dana. And two things that really resonated to me was in that short a period of time, because it was not the first time we had a line. I think it was the second time. But it was clear that everyone who stood in that line stood in the first line and was even more excited to be there than the time before. And they had a story that they could tell about something that had happened the last time that made them excited to come back. And when we went back and looked at that content and started really kind of parsing through the answers, because remember, people have a tendency to go get a little lubed before they go stand in this line. So they're (laughs) probably going to tell a more honest answer to the question than otherwise. And if we could go back and pull some of those, like I think I have a few of those on my YouTube channel somewhere where, and <laughs> so not only can you see just how ridiculously young Dana Zezo is at that point, ah, nice. but just the way the people answered the question, let us know that like, all right, we're doing this right. Cool. That's awesome, man. I would love to see those. Wouldn't you love to see those, Danny? Yes. I love the history. 
not only because it's kind of just fun to look back, but it's also really cool to look in the present moment and see that so long ago, like so far back, I mean, we've kept, there's been some consistency we've retained there. The feeling about the community, the leadership, I mean, we've tried a lot of innovative things and it's evolved, yet the core has remained this open source sharing, this desire to uplift and shake up the industry. It's so cool, Roger. Excellent. So I prompted to deviate here from the script just a little bit because I was writing a note with one of your answers, Roger. And I think you had referenced something that Bobby did say, and I brought this up in a couple of the other OG series as a question, just as a thought. Love to get your impressions on this because you each seem to be proud of the fact of what's going on now. So part of me is like, really? <laughs> like, <laughs> you guys are proud of this mess? Like, yeah. so I'm like encouraged, right? Because I'm just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. But the other thing was, because you have the perspective that I don't, you know where it was in the beginning, which is so strong. But one of the things that he brought up, we were talking about common traits. And he said something similar, like, we all shared some of these common traits. And then I was lucky enough, even though he said it, I was writing it down when he said it, because I was like, wow. But he said, we all share personal passions a restless curiosity, and a little bit of a voice of dissent. Mm. So what do you feel? What comes to mind, the perspective there? Would you agree with that statement? Would you add anything to it? Or would you just let it be that poetic Bobby Lee Hugh moment? <laughs> I was working for an organization that was old and white and not very diverse, that didn't have a soul that only wanted to kill things, cut them up, and move on to the next hunt. So when I got to this room and started seeing all the different ways that people were taking this medium and making it their own, that was where the real magic was to me. And so, you know, I keep going back to all of these musical references and that, you know, it's a lot of what kind of fuels Danny and my friendship is our shared love of music. And all of the things that we've been able to do because of music. But, you know, I really saw it as, okay, if I'm still learning how to play my instrument, but everybody appreciates music, then I'm in the right place. And boy, did I come to realize just how smart of a comment that was because of the depth and quality of the relationships and the collaborations that I've been fortunate enough to be a part of, including the two of you. And it's not just these two. If you look at it almost like a coaching tree, how many coaches came from this one person? And it really is Promo Kitchen and all of the different relationships and all of the notes I've got here about what happened to me in my life because of my relationship with the people that I met through Promo Kitchen. So many things don't happen if Promo Kitchen didn't happen. That's true. So do you think that you were part of that? I'll change the words here. This may not be fair to Bobby, but he said voice of dissent. So maybe I change it to the symphony of dissent because you played one of those instruments. Did you feel at the time like you were a dissenter? You were a renegade? You were some, you know, crazy trailblazer? Or were you just like, man, I'm Roger and I just got to, like I feel, you see the potential and you see how high the bar is set and the standards and you so respect those others, those other chefs that you know, man, I got to raise my game. Now that's how I feel, but I don't want to project. How did you feel? I wrote this piece to myself in 2013. I presented a 
version of the world as I saw it and the way I intended to make an impact from that point forward. So when I came back in 13, I came back with a mission. And I don't think that I've really let up off the gas pedal since then, because when I came back to it, I said, like, I'm going to not just slip in the side door this time. I'm going to kick the front door down and I'm going to show everybody that I belong. And it largely was our ability to welcome people who wanted to do that. That makes what Promo Kitchen is today. Hmm, That's a great insight. I get it. Yeah. So to me, anybody who wants to participate, you might want to come at it because you feel like they're all really awesome people and they're doing cool stuff. So I want to be a part of that. On the flip of that, I think it's even better. And this comes from my regional association background and a lot of the speeches that I've given to those people. It's like, don't come for a reason, come with a reason. And if you have something that you don't think is being represented in this symphony, then please, by all means, there's a seat at the table for you. And even if you don't feel like you've got it completely worked out yet, that's fine. Most of us didn't when we first got started. And that's what makes Promo Kitchen so cool is you can learn along the way and there's going to be really smart people who are going to help you try to do that. Yeah. And thank God they are there. That growth is paramount. Love what you said there, Roger. That was really deep, man. I didn't know you were so damn deep. Yeah, you know. (laughs) If Roger were an instrument in the symphony, he would be a hornucopian drone pipe, I think. (laughs) You had to look that one up. Roger, what, what would you be? Oh. What instrument? Probably the drummer. The drummer. Yeah, I could see that. The backbeat. I could see that. Set the rhythm. They set in the rhythm. Bump, yeah. Bump, bump. Yeah. I think it's interesting just talking about, I always like trying to figure out like what would be a takeaway for someone listening? Promo kitchen. And we can, you know, morph a little to promo cares in our relationship at some point here. But I just think that Promo Kitchen is successful not because of just the dreamers back then, but the doers. I think we did really well on our vision, and I think we did pretty well in the execution, but we did the work. And Roger, you are someone who I have seen do the work. And so you raise your hand, you get it done. That commitment is something that in the volunteer world, when you're looking at nonprofits, and organizations where people are not paid. That's a rarity, but it's what makes nonprofits successful are the people that raise their hand and actually do the work. And I think those people are then given permission to lead. I think those people then are given permission to try new things and they're listened to. And so I hope there's some takeaways in that for folks, but that also that with altruism, comes some really good things like friendships, maybe business, maybe leadership skills. And so, you know, do the hard work and karma works in amazing and powerful ways. And how much fun, Danny, gee, God, we can't even I know. talk about all the fun that we've had along the way. And there's too many for you guys to mention, but do it. I want you to go there now. That's one of the things I hoped you would talk about that you guys could play off each other. Let's let's explore that space just a bit. I got one. The stories, the good times, the crazy. Let's hear it. 
Yeah, Roger, I'm going to badger this one a little bit, but this is just my fond memory of you. There's so many good fun ones with you, but Promo Kitchen related, probably day of the event we're trying to get from A to B. And I think we were in Vegas for the big mixer and we were maybe on the show floor, which is very far away from the House of Blues event. And we had to get there to our board meeting and then to the big event after. And I think we stole a scooter, a one person scooter that someone who you know couldn't walk around might use or rent. And I just remember it's a four-wheel scooter. We were on two wheels half the time, high-fiving people, just yelling, look out, get out of the way. I'm not sure if I was on the back or the front. I know you have that on video somewhere, but man, the spontaneity of it, the serendipity of the moment to get from A to B with you on that thing, and just the friendships that came out of it you know, between us is just, it's some of the most fun, joyous times. Tell me you borrowed it. You didn't steal it. <laughs> Hold on. I, no, I have the clarification here. I actually, and I do have video evidence of this. There was a security guard that was driving one scooter and steering the second one with no passenger, no, no driver with his other hand. And Danny and I said, hey, do you need us to drive that for you since you can't do that on your own? And he was like, sure. So we both jumped in it shoulder to shoulder on a one seat scooter. And think about the Mandalay Bay from where the Starbucks is to where the first stairwell is where it's the transition to the flooring, the stamped concrete. Yeah. And Danny literally is weaving NASCAR style in between all of the people who are walking and smacking people on the butt and giving people high fives. And, and we ended up practically crashing and it, it literally cemented our friendship in one 500 foot ride. Absolutely. <laughs> did. That is so funny. I'm trying hard not to laugh out loud for the purposes of recording. Well, and if you think about it, Jay, so we go from that to me deciding that I'm just man enough to take myself to Raleigh to party with Danny when he's giving away a million dollars every summer, which then turns into me moving to North Carolina to do a startup and hang out with Danny, who saves me from my loneliness, who then introduces me to an author who follows what Danny and I do for Promo Cares and then decides to write a book with me. So. None of that happens. And I really doubt that I even start social good promotions as a company if it wasn't for all of that. So one fateful scooter ride really had a way of having just a completely outsized impact in my personal and my professional career. And, you know, Danny and I are going to not cry over our friendship in front of you, but I know how much I care about that dude. (laughs) Well, listen, so the next time either Danny Rosen or Roger Burnett ask you for a scooter ride, say yes. <laughs> yeah. Just say yes. Yeah, just say yes, man. Yeah, Roger, I'm grinning. My mouth hurts from smiling. Thanks, man, for the friendship and that fateful ride that cemented it. I'm glad we didn't cement our heads on that, on that hard floor. <laughs> we, didn't, we did not have helmets. Well, and think of it this way, Jay. So Jonathan Irvin, I don't meet him because of anything other than Promo Kitchen. He comes to work with me at Workflow One. We both decide to go off and do iClick Decorate and Order Commander and Branded Logistics. So he and I have created three completely unique businesses together. Branded Logistics is still doing amazingly good work in the collegiate marketing space. If it wasn't for Branded Logistics, I don't get StoryBrand trained. So without StoryBrand training, I really don't have the ability to kind of tell the promo care story the same way, nor social good promotions. So I stand up in Jonathan's wedding. We just talk about Danny. All of what happened because of that. Charity and T really were the work group for Promo Kitchen when we went on that world tour that year, Danny. And I was at the SAC show that year 
And we had our own little speaking thing going on where Mark was coming in and doing stuff. And Charity and I have gone on to have some of just the craziest hijinks ever, including she and Damon and I living in Vegas in a tiny house. That- <laughs> That's right. I've seen that tiny house. I can affirm that what Roger is saying is 100% true. You know, and Jay, me and you, without Marshall being my printer and me really respecting him for his environmental leadership and decoration, I don't nominate him for Pomo Kitchen. Shirt Lab may never know Roger Burnett's name. And you and I might not be as close as we are if it wasn't for all of that. So I could just go on and on and on. Roger is a cosmic glue stick of this organization. (laughs) He is one of the hinges to this door and it swings open. And it rarely closes. And it seems like together you two have more stories. And I think we have a little bit more time. But let's position the stories, although that was awesome. And if you want to share another one, I'm totally down for that ride. (laughs) What together could you talk to in terms of like lessons learned, like impacts? What are some of those outcomes? Not on a personal level, but maybe on a broader sense, Roger. Like, do you think that the impact was made? You've stated some similar cases here to this point and given some examples. But I'm talking about like the lessons learned on like an industry level. Yeah. Oh, man, I totally get you. So, and I'll reference another sort of transition point in our industry by referencing a quote from my good friend, Mr. Paul Bellantone, who told me when he got his job 20 plus years ago, he was told, break things until we tell you to stop. And once he realized that no one was going to tell him to stop, he became emboldened in the things that he was willing to try because he never forgot what he was told the minute he walked in the door. And so I think in many ways that it's very similar for what's going on with us. Not only did it work, this is why all of you should be emboldened by the confidence that you hear out of the quote OGs, because however far each of us took it, we've gotten it to where it's at. And our message to all of you is break stuff, keep changing things, keep exploring the outer edges like Danny is doing in the presentation that he gives about the future of promo. Because what I know now based on all of this is, and Danny is probably the best example of this in my entire life. If you say it and you mean it, it can be, and you just have to be willing to shorten the amount of time between whatever is in your head and your heart, get it out of you and start working on it. Because the faster you do that, the faster you're going to get to it actually being a thing. I don't think Danny and I thought that Promo Cares would get as far as it's gotten in the time that we've done it because it's not been that long. And if it wasn't for conversations about how do we do that, turning into activity that we were willing to put the time into, maybe we don't have the conversations that we're having today. So for anyone who's listening, just have the courage to do it because look at the crazy great stuff that happens when you do. So well said. I love that. That's great. I do want to go back to Promo Kitchen coupled with Promo Cares. Promo Cares exists because you and myself and Mandy and now Meg and Denise and Tony's involvement, Dave and all these people, these leaders and Bill for a long point, you know, were involved in getting that going, you know, and even Bill, who was a Promo Kitchen chef for such a long time. Promo Cares is now going as not a formal nonprofit, but operating as a volunteer led organization to help this industry, you know, uplift the industry in so many ways to move from product to purpose. And your leadership there has been amazing. But the shout out here is all those ripple effects you talked about with people. Now we've got organizational ripple effects as well, where Promo Cares and Promo Kitchen 
are collaborating on podcasts now and doing the good and important and hard work that I think is not only hard work, but heart work. And I wanted to bring that up because this being open and finding your people and sharing instead of being territorial and protecting is just such an important thing for not just our industry, but life. And I think you live the spirit of that with who you are. But anything you want to talk about there in terms of Promo Cares and the connection to Promo Kitchen and the broader community? We don't have Promo Cares without Promo Kitchen. And what we learned from what's been done at Promo Kitchen has shortened the amount of time for us at Promo Cares to get to where we are better understanding of what our goals are, how we want to organize our activities. I mean, without Danny's extensive nonprofit training and the time that we've spent doing some of our volunteer work, we don't have the chance to do this in the way that we've been able to do it. So I'm eternally grateful for that. And to me, in so many ways, it's like we have North Stars as what it is that we point to when we're trying to get our work done. And the fact that Promo Kitchen was enthused by the work that Promo Cares was doing, I don't think was the direct result of the fact that it's us on the Promo Care side. I think it's they're in alignment because the values behind each of what we're trying to do are so closely the same. Yeah, that's well said. Yep, agree. Okay, so I'm going to pivot here just a little bit because before we hit the record button, we were kind of joking a little bit about Roger is apparently a hoarder. I had no idea. Danny, did you know that? Yeah, I know. He's a different kind of hoarder. I'll just say that. But yeah, Roger, you can talk about that. Maybe he's not a hoarder. Maybe he's a collector. Would that be a better term for it? Much. Okay. So in your collection, Roger, you apparently have collected some emails. Was there anything, knowing that we were going to have this conversation and you went back to some of your emails, was there anything that stood out that really jumped out that you like, wow, you were like, oh my God, I remember that. And you want to share today? They're all so very outcome oriented. All the emails are people trying to get stuff done. We were always really good about collaborating in person-to-person settings and using our electronic communications just to get the work done. So I would say I'm probably not a hoarder. I'm more of a cataloger. I'm a digital cataloger. I don't get rid of stuff because I want the chance to go back and travel down memory lane in times like these. And the things that were the most heartfelt to me were there were two resignation letters in there. One from Bobby Lee Hugh, and a second from T. Okay, so you have to share something. You have to go into it deep, but you have to share both, something from both. Could you do that for us? That would be amazing. Yeah, well, we teased Bobby because he kind of left, right? And he was one of the first to go. And we all, to a certain degree, I think, had to come to our own conclusion about like, what does that mean? Like one of the first big guys that helped us get where we're going and stepping away. Like, oh my God. But then when you knew Bobby, you kind of understood and it was melancholy, but I get it. And regardless of whether it's T and, you know, obviously what being able to read that email meant to me today and the fact that she attached the time of our life by Green Day video to the end of the email was, you know, I didn't have enough Kleenex to kind of get through that. But everybody's so grateful. When you read them, everyone's just so grateful for what they were able to be a part of in the time that they were able to do it. And I think any good relationship is really measured by how did you feel when it was over? And to know that 
the people that were right faced with that moment at that minute were willing to write something so lovingly, I think is a real testimony to what we were doing at that point. Yeah. And even what we're doing today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I'm so glad you kept those and we had this conversation. That's really one of the original guiding feelings that I had when I wanted to start this was to be able to capture some of those moments, reshare them, be re-energized and inspired by the fact that some of the missions were accomplished, other missions were not, but that's okay. You know, there were lessons learned and just hearing your, I don't know if it's vulnerability, Roger, but the fact that you and Danny, you were able to be a part of something that transformed, it moved. It changed in a way, and I think it had something to do with that vulnerability, that you accepted each other without knowing all the answers, and you pushed each other, and I'm really reflecting on that. Please send me that resignation letter of tea. That would be, if it's not too personal, I no, would love No, it's, it's completely shareable. I think it would be a great and fitting thing for us to share with the world. You know, there's a lot of people who would like to know more about that person, and by giving a glimpse into her thoughts. and. She, by and large, says, I didn't know anybody in the industry until I met all of you, and you're all my people, and I love you no matter what happens. So mm. it's fantastic. You know, if there was one prevailing thought, I guess, Jay, that I would want people to take away from this episode is there may be benefit to be had that's outside of the depth of the relationships you can create, but as far as I'm concerned, there's no other reason. And regardless of what you're able to create, going forward. And you know, yeah, great. We've been able to do a lot of really cool things. But if we had done none of those things, and I just was friends with Danny, and we (laughs) hung out together every once in a while and went to live shows around the country, that would be okay with me. It's just (laughs) the fact that we were so in awe of each other's ability that invariably, just like I always say, when you hang around inspirational people, sooner or later, you'll get inspired. It's like osmosis. And that's what I have to leave you all with because that's what happened to me and look where I was able to take things and what we've been able to accomplish. And if you want to do something similar than that, and you don't know for sure how to do that on your own, then Promo Kitchen is a great place to try to get started. That's so good. Perfect. Perfect landing. That was excellent, Roger. Thank you. Danny, anything to add as we close? Be like Renegade Roger. Raise your hand volunteer, find the thing that matters to you, find the people that inspire you, be inspired, do the work. Promo Kitchen, this industry, it needs people like Roger and all the chefs that have come before and exist and sous chefs today to continue to make this industry greater. Be like Renegade Roger. That would be my final thought. I feel like there's a t-shirt in development as we close this. <laughs> Marshall Atkinson, raise your hand. <laughs> as we close this out, I know a guy. So let me end on the fact that I appreciate you both so much. The independence that you bring and yet the collective harmony that you bring. You're still individuals. You're totally different, but you complement each other. You've done so much for our promo kitchen. I call it the Island of Misfit Toys. And I just think that when we do all come together, there's this greater explosion of creativity and we get to hold each other accountable a little bit. A lot happens. A lot of greatness happens. And so I'm grateful for that. And I want to make sure that everyone listening knows that because I know they feel the same way when they see some of the things that you've done and they hear about some of these stories and they can feel your heart. So to both of you, but mostly to Roger, because you are a special guest, 
Renegade Roger, we appreciate your time today and let's end it there. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Jay. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen Podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org slash donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.